All right, welcome to the Blue Oval Podcast. My name is Garrett Zatlin. Hope you're all doing well. Uh, if you're a first-time listener, uh, and I imagine that a few people are, welcome to the podcast. Usually, we have a little bit more, uh, you know, better editing, maybe some better uh, audio, and, and maybe some music. But this is true podcasting at its finest. Today's podcast will also be acting as our regular Tuesday podcast, so we won't be recording again until another typical week. Um, but today, uh, we are doing instant live reactions from the NCAA as they announced the 31 men's teams and 31 women's teams going to the national championships as well as some individuals. And today, I get to actually introduce him is Ben Weissel. Ben, how you doing, man? Doing well. Excited uh, to see what the NCAA decides here because we usually have a pretty firm idea of who's going to be selected every year. Um, and this is kind of going to be one of the first years where there's going to be a lot of controversy. There's going to be some teams that are really upset about not making it. Yeah, it's and you know we were kind of going through a little bit early before we got on talking about I I can't believe this team is actually going to be in consideration. I can't believe you know this is kind of the scenario for these teams. It's it, there's a lot of tricky scenarios mainly for the last few teams, and it's also because we don't have a great idea of what the NCAA selection committee is going to value. You know they can say oh we like this more than the other, but at the end of the day, it's going to be tricky. Um, so again, before we kind of jump into it, if you're nice enough, if you could leave us a five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts, subscribe on Spotify before we get going. Uh, I think we got a new review, just someone saying like, hey, we, we like listening to you guys. So shout out to you guys. Uh, super appreciate it. Um, but yeah, if we could get into the rate and review, that'd be great. Um, other than that, Ben, we've got uh, some analysis today also, and I'm just not going to be editing out uh, like pretty much a lot of this stuff. So if you're listening at home and you hear a bunch of external background. I'm sorry, my dog probably barked. But um, Ben, your initial thoughts on those predictions that we had posted yesterday as we are just about to get underway here for the uh, selection show. I, I thought you did a great job with the predictions. And, and honestly, I, I don't have too many bones to pick. I thought a team like Syracuse and Michigan just missing out. Um, you can't really argue with that. I, I thought the, uh, on the men's side, at least, um, and on the women's side, I mean, those SEC rivals, Ole Miss and Kentucky, just being on the edge and different, differentiating between the two of them, um, extremely difficult. Obviously, Ole Miss uh, beat Kentucky at the SEC championships in the fall. Um, but I, I think you were kind of hinting at it earlier. It just seems like a little bit of a weaker year, um, maybe from a cross-country perspective. Um, we've seen a lot of really great individual results, um, especially on the indoor track circuit, but we haven't seen like a, a ton of complete teams. And maybe that's because we haven't seen them race very often and we haven't seen them grow through the cross country schedule like we normally would, but you kind of get to that like 25, 26 range and you're like, I, I'm kind of surprised they're still in contention to make nationals at this point. Yep. Yeah. So that, and that's kind of where I think you you look at the back end of this. You can probably make an argument for probably the top twenty five teams, but when it starts getting to those last six teams on the men's and women's side, you begin to get a lot more questions. And here we go. We're actually just watching this right now. We have the women's teams qualifiers up. Uh, first one out, Alabama um, makes sense. I think we can uh, kind of all agree on that one as well. Um, Alabama was probably an easy pick to get in here, uh, so I don't think this is any much of a surprise. 
No, and, and I mean, what they've done on the indoor track has certainly solidified that uh, even more so. I, I mean, they, they it's hard to argue that anybody else has had a better uh, indoor track season than the Alabama women. Yeah, I mean, they're right up there. I mean, you could get Arkansas and BYU for what they've been doing on the indoor oval, um, but, but Alabama's been doing pretty well. Uh, of course, naturally, Arkansas women, they were naturally going to get in as well. That makes mm-hmm. total sense. Uh, there are no surprises as, as well. Um, and what's really going to happen is when we start getting to the Oregon States and the Portlands and the San Franciscos, trying to get more deeper into those SEC teams, we'll see what happens there. We're now just seeing Boise State on the women's side as well. Uh, BYU on the women's side as well. Those are just coming up now. None of these really being surprises at this point. Um yeah, Ben, what's kind of like the one team who you kind of are unsure of on the women's side as we're awaiting these uh, future team qualifiers, Colorado now just being announced? Yeah, I, I think for me, it has to be like um, the, the two SEC teams that I mentioned, Ole Miss and Kentucky. I, I was a big fan of what Kentucky did this past fall. Uh, Jenna Gearing coming right into the program and, and contributing in a big way. Um, they're a team that I, I think is going to be right on the edge and, and someone that I'm, I'm really looking closely and, and Liber- the Liberty flames, um, a great example of a smaller program, um, doing everything that they can to be successful, um, and, and winning their conference easily in the a sun. But, uh, it'll be interesting to see if the NCAA rewards them for what they've done. Ben, the first massive surprise. I don't know if you're watching this as well. We have Colorado State women making it. Unbelievable. I is not the team that I would have expected. You have Colorado, Colorado State, Duke, Florida State, Furman, Georgetown. Most of those pretty much make sense. I think we can agree. Georgia Tech also getting in as well. But Colorado State getting in. Illinois also being announced right now. That, I mean, Colorado State. A good team, a solid team. I think they probably needed an extra year. Uh, I think they finished third in the Mountain West, and it maybe kind of helped that they think they beat Utah State, uh, maybe Air Force as well in that Mountain West. And they were solid this year, but I didn't think that they were going to get in. I thought they were going to be a just-missed team. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I I would echo all those sentiments too about them showing promise, but we just thought it wasn't going to be quite enough. Uh, I'm like, I think maybe a minute behind you right now. Um, for okay. whatever reason, my stream is like uh, a little isn't quite live. Um, I'm trying to figure that out. But yeah, I'm just okay. seeing Alabama right now. Um, well, so I'll, I'll now, be reacting with you. Excellent. Well, perfect. We got Indiana. We got Iowa State, Michigan, and then Liberty Flames. The Liberty there Flames go. are going. That was a team that you and I both agreed. We're like, hey, I think this team should be able to qualify. They had a very nice race at the FSU Winter XC Classic, and they won the ASUN title. Better team than a lot of people think. Um, so we're, we're going to kind of see what happens there. Liberty, uh, one of those fringe teams, happy to see them get in. But the Colorado State argument now completely flips. It's okay, then is Ole Miss going to get in? Is Notre Dame going to get in? You know, Does this mean Kentucky's in a tough spot for not potentially qualifying? Um, so that that's going to be a, a, a difficult one there. Um, Michigan State also being announced. I don't know if I already said them there. Uh, but yeah, so Liberty, Colorado State, though, really just can't get that one over uh, yet. And we also now have Minnesota being announced. Be, uh, okay, they're now transitioning to Minnesota. I mean, I think I think a really good sign for small schools. I, I think one of the concerns I had coming into this was that we would see a lot of these bigger uh, schools in the Power Five conferences get in over maybe some of these smaller schools, but seeing Colorado State, Furman, uh, Liberty 
make it. I, I think that bodes very well um, for maybe some some of the teams on the men's side who are uh, maybe non-traditional uh, power schools um, getting in as well. So I, I, I kind of like what we're seeing so far that we don't maybe see that big school bias right now. Yeah, and that's a great point, right? You kind of the the Furman. You're also seeing that Colorado State. They're obviously a a bigger school, but mm-hmm. they just weren't maybe the established powerhouse program that we're used to seeing them. At least not on the women's side. Um, so you're right. I think them and Liberty as well kind of allows them to kind of mix in there. NC State, New Mexico, also being uh, announced far from surprising there. North Carolina. Uh, those Tar Heels are going to be qualifying, so that's pretty big. Northern Arizona also going. Um, and then I think they might be selecting one more here. Let's just see what happens with this other team. But North Carolina, a big one, one that we did project to get in along with Liberty and then Oklahoma State women. They looks like they did do enough to qualify. Um, but North Carolina Tar Heels, as well as Old Miss, the Old Miss women oh. are now getting in. So now with Oregon State also qualifying, this is incredibly fascinating as this all just unravels the final few spots here. Portland gets in, and that makes sense because Oregon State is now qualifying. I imagine that we'll see San Francisco if this is the case. Um, but I think now the yep, and there's San Francisco right now. So, so uh, if you're West Virginia here. right now, you're a little nervous, right? You are a little nervous. Stanford just announced there's two more spots. I think I, I could be wrong here, but if you're West Virginia, you are nervous. I mean, this is done in alphabetical order uh, based on what we're watching here. Uh, really fascinating stuff. North Carolina, Ole Miss, Tulsa, Tulsa women qualify. Wow. wow. And if you're West Virginia, you better and Washington women. Unbelievable. The Washington Washington women do qualify. Oh, and there's West Virginia. They did. They did add on West Virginia at the end. Oh, wow. That that's a weird formatting for how you're going to list those teams. That's pretty interesting there. Um, but okay, so that that's interesting. So much to unpack here. You've got North Carolina, and okay, and there we go. And now they're announcing the individual qualifiers. So much to unpack there. Let me just kind of briefly talk over a few of those teams that we just had. We just saw UNC, we saw Ole Miss, we saw Tulsa, we saw Oregon State, Portland, San Francisco. Not a total surprise. And, and then we see West Virginia there. So in total, looks like for the most part. We got a good number of the teams correct. We did not get Notre Dame correct. And uh, I don't think we got the Texas women either. So that was that's a bit of a surprise seeing the Texas women not qualify. But uh, and, and I could be wrong there, but I, I don't think they've qualified. Um, it, in, and, instant thoughts. Yeah, and this kind of goes to something I was talking to you about before we jumped on is I was wondering if they're going to try to balance out the regions in giving each uh, region at least two teams. Um, but them not uh, putting in Texas for that South Central region is really interesting. Um, and Notre Dame not making it when when Ole Miss makes it. I mean, those are very similar teams. Very, uh, very surprising to see Ole Miss make it, but not Notre Dame. Yeah, the Notre Dame thing doesn't make any sense to me. You know, you've got Notre Dame team that beat that Ole Miss group twice. Mm-hmm. You know, so if I'm Notre Dame, I'm, I'm thinking, man, really? How how does that make any sense? And I, I don't really blame the Fighting Irish. Um, and it's it's just one of those tricky situations where, um, you know, if, if I'm them. And also, like, you know, if I'm Colorado State, you know, I'm obviously jumping for joy because yeah. I don't think you know, I was getting in initially. But again, if I'm a Kentucky who beat Alabama, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm a Notre Dame who beat Ole Miss, 
you're thinking, wait, how does any of this make sense for me? And I think there's some arguments, the same thing with Tulsa, you know, what's kind of the argument for Tulsa there specifically compared to a few others? And I'm not sure there is you know, really a solid argument there as well. And as, as we kind of get into the men's qualifiers, I'll let you kind of say your, your piece there as well. I mean, we didn't even have Tulsa in that top 40 um, for, right. for your predictions. I think Tennessee, I mean, if we're, we're slanting towards the SEC, had, a, had maybe a, even a better case. Um, someone like UConn women who ran pretty well at um, Big East. Um, yeah, I, I, I completely agree. So right now, men's team qualifiers being announced. Air Force, Arkansas, and Butler are the okay. ones currently being announced right now. Um, seems to be making sense. Butler, a really solid team. BYU, of course, now being announced. All that that makes plenty of sense here. Um, nothing really is surprising right now, but obviously I think we will have more surprises just based on how that women's one went. The Tulsa one really threw me off, as did Colorado State. Ben, I'll, I'll ask you this. More surprising, Tulsa winning the AAC, but not really you know showing a whole lot or the um, Colorado State women not finishing as high in the Mountain West, but being a solid team? I, I would say Tulsa just because, I mean, like, like we said, Colorado State isn't a huge team, but the Mountain West is a good conference um, for cross country. And and for them to compete decently well in that conference, I, I think um, the, the selection committee obviously valued that um, quite a bit. Um, but with, um, Tulsa, I, I, I still just can't get over that. And, and I'm looking at the individuals right now. Um, someone like Sarah Chapman making it in for Missouri. Ben, ben I am going to, I am okay, going go to ahead. interrupt you because the men's are coming out now. And these are some interesting picks. We've got Colorado Duke Furman as expected, but we've got Charlotte, Charlotte making yes. it. That was a team that yeah. we projected yes. there. I'm happy to see them make it. The Georgetown men have qualified as well. That's wow. a team I did not expect to make it. You've got Gonzaga, Indiana, Iona as well. Georgetown, that's a stunner. I did not expect Georgetown to get in. Iowa State now also being announced. Man, that's a total shock. I did not expect Georgetown. They just didn't have the resume, especially when you compare them to a few other teams. It just I I don't think it really kind of made sense in my mind. But you know, for whatever reason and Michigan State, kind of a fringe team. They're also in as well. So we can imagine Purdue will also be in as well. Uh, NC State also being announced. Um, Just thoughts right there. Charlotte and, um, oh gosh, uh, Georgetown. Excuse me. So I'm I'm really happy for Charlotte. Um, Another kind of small school example. So this means that Georgia will not be making it um, as uh, Georgetown has, uh, I'm assuming since they're going in alphabetical order, Right. Um, they skipped over Georgia. So that, that seems to be the team in our predictions that Georgetown is replacing at the moment. Um, but I, I think it'll be interesting as we kind of go further down this list, do we see or the Oregon Ducks uh, come up? Right. Yeah. And that in Texas men, right? If the Texas women mm-hmm. weren't able to qualify, what's the argument for the Texas men? You know, my argument for them was, hey, you lost to two top 10 teams in Oklahoma State and Iowa State, you know, are you not going to give them at least a little bit credit for finishing third in that top heavy power five conference? I, I think you got to give them the edge there. Um, now, as we're having Northern Arizona, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State being announced right now on the men's side, uh, none of those absolutely surprises. Georgetown just surprises me just because, you know, they beat Villanova and, and Villanova is a solid team. But, you know, I just I didn't think that there was enough conference meet, you know, weight there in order to get them in. Ole Miss now qualifying as well. And the Portland men 
have qualified. That's big because I think that likely means that Oregon men probably qualified as well. You now have the Purdue men being listed right now. That's interesting. Uh, ben, I might interrupt you, but go give me your thoughts on Portland. Yeah, I, I think Portland is just a solid team. I, I think we were a little o- underwhelmed with their um, front runners. I, I think Everett Silva produced pretty well for them um, at the WCC uh, championships, but someone like Stan Neeson, um, not maybe giving them that second low stick that we expected. Um, still, I think they definitely belonged in this conversation. Wow. We, here we go. Purdue, Southern Utah, which was kind of a tough one, but a lot of, I think most people expected them to get in Stanford and here we go. Syracuse and Tulsa. Syracuse is in unbelievable. They struggled all season long. And and this is, this might be big for Michigan. Actually, no, I don't think Michigan's Michigan's not in then. Michigan's not in because if they're doing an alphabetical order, Syracuse is in. Unbelievable. They had to be that 31st team. Utah State now being listed. Villanova, the Villanova men, despite finishing wow, third. Three in the Big East, East teams. That's wow. unbelievable. You have Virginia now being listed. You have Wake Forest. None of those are surprises. It looks like we have about uh, two or three more teams. So here. Texas did not more. make it. It doesn't um, look like Texas made it. The Washington men made it. And now we just have one more. I'm not entirely sure who this team's going to be. It's Wisconsin. Okay. Okay. Wow. So, so much to take away there. We have Syracuse getting in. We have Georgetown and Villanova. I, I mean, I, I, and Oregon. This means Oregon didn't get in. No. Unbelievable. I, I, I'm just totally at a loss for words here because my argument is like, all right, if Portland gets in, then that probably means that they were incentivized by a win over Oregon. That's that's just absolute craziness here. I, I, I'm so stunned. I really just can't believe it here. That's uh, and as they're now listening off the individual qualifiers, just uh, Ben, immediate thoughts. I mean, I I did not think that that was maybe the one place I disagreed with you. I didn't think Oregon was going to make it just because it seemed like they were putting so little emphasis on the cross country season that I wondered if the selection committee, even though their results were okay, were just going to kind of veer away from them and choose someone who's obviously going full in for cross country, someone like Portland. Um, but man, I, I am very surprised to see three big East teams make it. I thought Butler was for sure going to make it. I think they're a great team. I, we, we talked, talked about them earlier in the year, but to get to, for them to dominate the big East championships and then have Georgetown and Villanova both make it. That's unbelievable. All right. So some notable men's teams that didn't make it. You have Oregon, not making it. You have Georgia, not making it. Texas, not making it. Michigan, not making it. Florida state, UMass Lowell. Um and a few a few other teams there. The biggest non qualifier that surprised you? Uh, I I might say Texas, just because yeah. I, I think they did enough um, at Big Twelves. Um, they ran pretty well. At, I think it was the Arturo Barrios uh, meet. Um, right. And, and I I thought half two night looked like a legit star. Um, at times, and I, I think they deserve a place. They ran, um, they beat the competition they were supposed to beat. They lost to the teams they were supposed to lose to. I mean, it's no fault of theirs that they have Iowa State and Oklahoma State in their uh, conference, who are both top eight teams probably in the country. Um, so I, I am very surprised to see Texas not in there. 
Yeah, and here's the argument for Texas. If you're Texas, you finish third in your conference, right? Whereas Villanova finishes mm-hmm. third in their conference. And are you really going to say that the Big East, you know, the Georgetowns and the Butlers are more competitive than Oklahoma State and Iowa State? I mean, I think we're realizing Butler's pretty darn good. But I, I mean, you know, is, is it really fair to say like, well, Texas got third behind two top 10 teams nationally, and then Villanova got third in their conference? Sure, they were close with Georgetown, but it, it just doesn't, for me, it doesn't, it doesn't feel right. Like if I'm just looking at this on paper, I'm thinking, man, Texas got kind of robbed Um, and kind of a similar argument for Georgia, not maybe necessarily as much, but Arkansas is a top ranked team. Ole Miss is a top ranked team. Like I would argue that Arkansas is well and above anyone in the biggies. I would argue that Ole Miss is probably just as good, maybe a few spots better or worse than Butler, but not dramatically so. And therefore I think Georgia's argument is arguably better. Oh, baby. Sorry, I'm just seeing the individual results now. My teammate Ben Nagger from Belmont qualifies for the Division One National Championships. <laughs> wow, that is that is really exciting. We thought we, he might have a chance. I was I, I was a little nervous about that, um, and I, I thought he might just miss out. But wow, that is, that's really exciting. The uh, Ohio Valley Conference getting in two individuals. Um, I think that is huge. Um, looking at some of these other individuals, Florida State getting in two guys in Wild Shit and Muhammad. Um, that's not super surprising. Looking at some of these other guys, Jonathan Davis, Kieran Wood making it from Missouri. That's a that's a little bit of a surprise. A little bit, um, yeah. But I, I mean, he's he's obviously a super talented runner. Um, George Cush making it, um, and then Shea Foster, obviously, what he's done. Um, with Southeastern Louisiana this year um, qualifying and Jackson Messler from Oregon. I don't, uh, not a whole lot of surprises there, but man, I'm, I'm real happy for my uh, fellow Bruin there. Yeah. Shout out to Ben. I know, uh, you know, not you, Ben, the other Ben, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's great, man. Congratulations to him and congratulations to everyone who did qualify. Um, it just going back a little bit to some of these teams that we were talking about, uh, the the Georgia men again. We kind of, I kind of thought that they were in there. Um, is there any team, you know, outside of those that you kind of wanted to touch on further before maybe we quick quickly revisit the women? Oh, man, um, I, I I just think that, um, and you were talking about teams here. Um, the Southern Utah men being a little bit on the fringe at times. I, I think that what they did at Big Skies um, elevates them to a level, if they can continue to run like this, to not only a top 30 level, but I, I think this is a team that we should be considering maybe a top 20 team in the country, maybe even top 15. If they can mm-hmm. run like they did, obviously NAU didn't have their top guys, um, but I, I think Southern Utah, I think they certainly deserve this inclusion. Um, and for them moving forward now to Stillwater, I think they're going to be one to really keep a close eye on. Yeah. Southern Utah is going to be, I I think they're a lot better than people realize. I think people are kind of being like, Oh, NAU didn't run their, you know, their A team. I'm like, you still have to realize how good of a performance that was for Southern Utah. Um, any, any surprise seeing Furman men and women both qualify. That was one where, you know, on paper, you know the the men specifically. You know they're a they're a mid major co- uh, conference team that dominated their competition. They didn't really have any other cross country action though, and they didn't really have anything that really separated them from other mid major conference winners. Um, you know, other than maybe being recognized in the national polls, the women's team obviously ranks super highly. 
um, but the men's team a bit further back. Were you maybe at a bit all surprised by the Furman men and women, potentially the Furman men? Not particularly, just because I, I think, again, having that experience at the national level um, and traditionally running well at the national level, I think uh, is something that really helped them. I know we, we talked about tiebreakers being head-to-head matchups and uh, going and common opponents and those things. But I think also at the end of the day, when you're looking at a Furman or you're looking at a, a Georgia, you're probably going to edge towards Furman just because they have had experience at the national level. They have guys that have been like all American quality runners and, and you kind of know what to expect out of them. Whereas Georgia, we, we really haven't seen them on that stage for a few years now. Um, and I, I wonder if, if things were close, the selection committee erred towards the more uh, prestigious program, at least for the last five or six years. Yeah, and I think that's a fair assessment, and I would probably do the same. Um, it is just kind of a, a tricky when you're trying to differentiate between all of those teams and kind of what that that argument is. Um, thoughts on Connecticut. Now, they didn't have, yeah. uh, on the women's side, they didn't have a great race of the FSU Winter XC Classic, but they tied Georgetown, the conference winners of the Big East, earlier in the season, losing on the tiebreaker, and then were only two points away from Georgetown um, at the Big East Championships. Just thoughts on on Connecticut in general. I don't think we expected them to get in, but I did like Connecticut as a potential, you know, wild card. Well, if the selection committee likes the Big East so much on the men's side, it's rather surprising to not see them do the same for the women. If they they're going to throw in three teams on the men's side in the Big East and only put in Georgetown on the women's side, and the gap be so much smaller in the team race, like you said, two points. Whereas I think Butler won by 17 on the, the men's side. I, I, I mean, I agree with you. We, I think we had them out as well. But I think they certainly could have had a better case than I mean, a few other of these teams. Um, I, I think Ole Miss, uh, Kentucky, I mean, I, you could have argued that they deserved uh, places over them. Um, I mean, even someone like Liberty, I, I think you could have maybe made an argument there uh, to put them over Liberty. Um, at the end of the day, I, I don't think that's a huge snub, but, but it is interesting, um, comparing the men and women, uh, selections there. Yeah. And that's a great point. And, and I think that's the common theme for a lot of these selections, you know, where is the consistency that we're placing in these conference meet results? You know, when you look at the top teams that are, you know, so much better and yet all the, the teams below them, you know, maybe don't qualify, like, like the Texas men that we are mentioning, right. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like, you know, historically the big east produces a lot of great talents like butler was just on the fringe of qualifying last year and they didn't villanova qualified last year providence is a historically great program so you know for for me if like if, if i'm the selection committee and i've already put so much stock in maybe the historical greatness of the villanova men and the georgetown men you know i'm probably looking on the similar side and saying well connecticut beat all these historically great big east teams as well you know what's kind of the the status of them so I think just a lot in in my mind when it gets to a granular a granular level of the selection process, a good bit of inconsistency there. Yeah, and one other kind of theme that I I think we saw a little bit was the selection committee didn't seem to really care about um, overstocking conferences, overstocking regions. They just, I mean, went ahead and picked the exact teams that they thought deserved to be in the the qualifying uh, position. And, and I mean, I, I, I commend them. 
I, I might disagree with some of their teams that they ended up picking, but I'm glad that they didn't allow maybe some regional or conference classifications get in the way of picking their best teams. Well, and not only that, but I think you even have the argument that, you know, the, the coaches poll, which I thought was going to play a little bit of a mm-hmm. larger role in some of these cases. And it ultimately didn't, you know, I mean, and certainly don't be wrong, like Oregon men, for instance, though, like that's one example. Um, you know, like I'm trying to think like the Ole Miss women, I'm not exactly sure where the Ole Miss women rank, but you know, they were pretty much further back down. So it was, it was kind of one of those weird things where, you know, you could still have the Oregon men being ranked super high and yet you didn't have, you know, other teams that weren't even ranked, you know, and, and Oregon was like in the top 20 in the latest coaches poll. So it's, it's a difficult, d- difficult balance there. Um, one last thing. Uh, and before we kind of maybe wrap up here, Oregon state, Portland, San Francisco, thoughts on that group because that's kind of a chain reaction group it's kind of like if oregon state gets in then san francisco gets in if san francisco gets in then portland gets in i could have seen an argument where oregon state doesn't get in and therefore san francisco doesn't get in that leaves open two spots maybe a texas gets in maybe a connecticut maybe a a kentucky another team that i'm not thinking of notre Mm -hmm. dame you know what are your thoughts on on the Oregon State San Francisco I could understand Portland getting in on the women's side the San Francisco Oregon State was a little I'm not I'm not saying surprising because we predicted them to get in but I think there could have been some arguments against them there yeah and I think uh, again I, I'm going to kind of default back to maybe what I've said with with some other programs I, I think um, Oregon State has been an up and coming uh, women's program in the last few years. They have competed at, at the national level. Portland, um, on both men and women's side, ha- have been pretty strong. Um, and, and San Francisco, I, I, I was a little little surprised to see see them as well. Um, but you're right; it, it's like it was an all or nothing kind of thing. Um, and, and maybe the coaches poll helped here. I, I mean, they were all listed within the top 27. Portland, all the way up to 20. Um, but I, I, and, and so I wonder if that played a role, um, finishing second to the BYU women at West coast conference for Portland, I think made a huge, huge, uh, push for them. I, I think that kind of guaranteed them the spot just because the BYU women have been so strong this year. Um, but yeah, I, I, I am a little surprised to see all of them make it. Um, but with the way their, their hopes were kind of hanging on each other, it isn't shocking. Right. I agree. Ben, wow. What this is a awesome. Great, this is awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm seriously like I, we spent so much time learning the COLA system, but if <laughs> this, if this is what we get every year, they should just do the selection committee because this creates drama, creates suspense. I know you and I were surprised. We're going to have plenty to talk about the arguments of who should have gotten in, who shouldn't have gotten in. Um, just a lot of surprising results from that case. Um, any final words, any less teams you wanted to qualify, any less teams you want to talk about, individuals, anything? What, what any, any final words or final points of discussion? Um, before, before I say that, do we know exactly who is on this selection committee? Like, is this made up I'm, of, who is this made up of? That, that's a great question. Um, I, I personally do not have that information off the top of my head. Um, I am taking a look at their announcement. It's the uh, competition oversight committee on Wednesday. Um, I'm just I'm just reading this announcement. There is no Wednesday that I'm referencing here. Approved team and individual criteria. 
um, the Division One Men's and Women's Cross Country Committee. Um, so it's the cross country specific committee, uh, but I, I don't know specifically who's on that uh, on that committee. Okay. Um, yeah, and so I, I think that would be interesting to hear kind of from them what what their criteria were a little bit further, but we probably won't necessarily get no. get more from them. Um, but I, I mean, as far as teams uh, on the men's side, I, I, I briefly mentioned them, but I think Charlotte is such a, a dark horse, not, not to finish in the top 10 or anything, but to be a top 20 team uh, with Paul Arredondo um, and um, Nicholas Scudder, I think they have two legit low sticks who could really be in that all American position. And when you have two guys like that, it really doesn't matter where too much, where the, your next three guys are, you're probably going to be near that top uh, 20 range. Um, and, and so they're one that I'm thrilled made that made it. Uh, and, and I think we need to keep an eye on them. Um, and then on the women's side, I, I'm happy to see Florida state make it, but I'm also really eager to see what they're, what kind of Florida state team we're going to be seeing at Stillwater because this is a team that we kind of came into the year thinking may they probably have some podium aspirations, but um, their fall was not great. They have looked better um, in the winter at times. Some of their individuals, Mati Skyring looked pretty good at ACC championships, but I am really interested to see if we can see a more complete Seminole women team uh, in a few weeks or in a week now. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. Think about how fast this flies. Um, Really, really interesting stuff all around. So much going on. Um, if you're listening to this, we are working on an article trying to put something up on the site, but we figured this was probably going to be, you know, pretty much a, a great indicator of kind of our initial thoughts and, and all that jazz. But um, Ben, uh, I had a blast. Uh, I hope you had a blast. It sounds like you're going to go celebrate with some your teammates responsibly, you know, uh, but other than that, um, that's all I've got. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm very excited for uh, Ben. He, he came into the program two years ago and, and has been uh, just a stand-up teammate and athlete. So, yeah, we will definitely be celebrating and cheering him on in Stillwater. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, we should we should have more uh, podcasts like this. This was this is probably one of our most interesting getting li- oh, our yeah. live reactions. Um, it was it was interesting to to be able to talk to you instead of me just howling into the wind in my house <laughs> yeah a, a lot of yelling took place i'm gonna maybe have to edit the volume on some <laughs> of those on some of those moments uh the colorado states the you know the the tulsa women tulsa uh, anything women, yeah. yeah tulsa women so all right well ben um that's all i've got uh but until next time i'll talk to you all right sounds good see you man